5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Houston's, don't you, Philip? I don't know. Pump Ben's, it up a little bit here. Yeah. Ben's told me, but I'll be honest, I can't remember exactly. He gave me the like whole Coach Houston playlist, but I'm not not. It's it's sure. expansive. It's expansive. Here we go. That's pretty good. That's good stuff. Good start there. You're off to a good start. That's the ref. Philip Pilkington playing DJ today. Uh, Mike Houston coming up in a few minutes. Uh, our Houston huddle for HealthWise Pharmacy. Uh, we'll bring that to you. I think, uh, you know, a little bit of relief in talking to Coach Houston today. Did you sense that at the press conference? I mean, he, he's obviously intense and ready to go. But you know what? I, I, I kind of got the sense that, you know, this team in his mind had, had been close. They played well, particularly against South Carolina. And it kind of got, uh, you know, I don't want to say the weight lifted off the shoulders or any of the other cliches, but I, I think it just felt good to get a win. What do you think, Phil? Yeah. Is that the, you have that same impression? I, that's the impression I got. Yeah, and he made it clear in the press conference today. You know, he said the food tastes a little better. The sun is shining a little brighter today. <laughs> so I do believe that he uh, Listen, is very, I, you know, in, in a better state of mind. And, uh, you know, I, I can't blame him. It's, it's, it was huge. It seemed like we were in a position where we didn't know when that first win was going to come after the South Carolina loss. So here it is, and uh, we've got a dub. It's, it's fun to play prognostication in the preseason and early in the season. And, you know, what I think is interesting is, you, you, obviously, you see the favorite this weekend. Um. Charleston Southern's coming off a drubbing at home against Monmouth. Uh, really good FCS program this year, by the way. And, uh, you know, obviously the Pirates, unless they just lay a stinking egg, or, or you know, now look, stranger things have happened. The A&T loss a few years ago. I mean, look, I get it. But the Pirates should win this week, likely will win. But you got to play better. you gotta, you got to really improve on things and win not you got to have full intent this week like you're going against Alabama right for sure because it's got it's got to take that kind of execution to build off what you did the momentum's good I think you know people look at that win it's a good all-day tailgate time good time for the game nice weather so I think the crowd is going to be pretty good and I really like the idea of go out kick some tail play well and then you've set yourself up for a two and two non-conference, which look again, when people play prognostication, 
I think a lot of people thought, okay, if we go two and two in that stretch, and now some people probably thought that two and two might be beating App. I think they were a little front-loaded. I think their tough two games were at the beginning, not that Marshall was a piece of cake because it wasn't. But, I mean, I think in the wash, as you go into October, quite potentially, they're going to be right there where, in your heart of hearts, you probably thought they were going to be. Could be 3-1, and one, very easily might be 3-1. and one. Now, again, got to take care of business this weekend. But I think what you got to do this weekend is you've got to come out and you've got to be really, really on top of it like you're playing the national championship game because you don't want to get in any bad habits or get play sloppy, and then you got to go play a conference game the next week against a really solid fighting-for-its-life Tulane team who's already battle-tested. They've been through hell in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. Speaking of New Orleans, did you see where the uh, Superdome caught fire today? Yeah, supposedly like one person was injured, no, no fatalities. The roof caught on fire. I don't know if yeah. it was struck by lightning or, I mean, how does the roof catch on fire? I don't I, know I'm sure any myriad of ways, but I mean, the Saints have not even been able to return yet to play there. Their first or even home game was supposed to be this first home game, you know, since they moved week one, was supposed to be this weekend coming up. However, now that they've had a fire on the roof, who who knows? Well, I, I think it's more of the logistics of moving that operation back into the city and, and being able to, you know, game plan during the week under normal circumstances. Um, but I digress. Point being, Tulane's going to be battle-tested. Tulane's going to be hungry. Got to win this game this week, obviously, but then don't develop any bad habits. Play with a lot of energy and intensity. Dominate the game like you should, and let's be ready to go against Tulane. The Get word, out of the thing healthy. The word I would use for this game is you got to be crisp because that means well you're, building, you're building off your momentum from last game. You're not just going out there and scoring more points than the opponent. You've got to go out there and prove that you are the team that you know shows up on paper talent-wise. That means beating them handily and early, not you know wait until the fourth quarter. And like you said, when you're crisp, you don't develop bad habits that are going to carry over into these meaningful conference games. We have a few really big opportunities early in this conference schedule to grab some wins. No, look, I think I, I, the, I said this back uh, a couple of weeks before the season when Adam Gold had me on his roundtable one day on his show, which airs from noon to 3 here on 94.3 The Game. And Adam actually said it, and I agreed with him. That happened one way or the other. We One of us said it, we agreed with it. I think Adam and I were in agreement is probably the best way to put it. The thing that ECU, their most important game, was going to be October 2nd against Tulane here at home. That's their most important game. It's a home conference game. It's a team that you're going to have to climb over if you want to get bowl eligible. And you do that, and you start to put together that, all right, Three and two, what's it look like the remaining seven games? That goal of getting to a bowl is, is what you really may be able to achieve. But means nothing if you lay an egg Saturday. I don't expect that to be the case. Got to be ready for Tulane in a couple weeks. Uh, our coverage of the uh, game will begin here on 94.3 The Game. Pre-game with our uh, Bush Light Pirate Game Day countdown at Three o'clock, so we'll be on from three to five outside the Town Bank Tower. Looking forward to that alongside uh, the should-be ECU Hall of Famer Terrence Copper, NFL veteran, Washington Pampack legend. Uh, did you uh, – we talked last Tuesday about you watched the Manning cast, right? Yeah, I did, and I watched it again last night. 
Well, I watched it again last night too, and it was I thought it was you talk about making an improvement from week one to week two. It just seemed better, didn't it? I think it definitely did. I also liked them uh, taking shots at the Patriots for being cheaters. Yeah, that was uh, that was part of it too. So from our friend uh, Austin Carp, Sports Business uh, Journal, the second Manning cast on ESPN2 last night around Monday Night Football averaged 1.86 million viewers. Now, this is on the deuce, 1.86 million viewers. The percentage increase from the debut in week one, 132%. That's how much their audience grew. They had 800,000 viewers in week one. Peyton Manning's gold on on television. Eli was better last night. Eli didn't sound like he had a, a mouthful of marbles last night. He was kind of engaged. He was pretty good. And, you know, I, I tuned in when they had Gronk on. You couldn't understand what Gronk was saying because uh, his volume seemed down. But they, they had uh, the PTF commentator, right? Or whatever it is, commentator from... The thing there that's so popular with the kids? Yeah. I, I thought it was good. I didn't make the second half, I'll tell you that. But I thought those guys were great last night. So, Philip, do you want to know where this compares to some other things? Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, college game day, which is a Saturday, uh, what, morning, 10 to noon kind of thing? Uh, college game day averaged 1.81 million viewers last week the fs1 broadcast of the tulsa golden hurricane and the ohio state buckeyes which was a 330 game which is the real cushy window for college football right 1.83 million uh the friday night game which was just great between ucf and louisville uh that averaged 1.88 million and then i know you're an NASCAR guy to an extent uh the cup series on nbc Sportsnet. Saturday night averaged 2.2 million. So this secondary telecast to Monday night football did better or really did better than everything with the exception of NASCAR. And I'm not going to lie. I'm a little stunned at the NASCAR. It was the Uh, Bristol night race is why that people are going to tune in for the Bristol. Was that better than the, than the Pat? What was the crowd like for that? Um, I was most of the time I was watching the ECU game during it, but it looked oh, okay. <laughs> I only got to see the last few laps, but it, it did look better. Um, I think they've, they've altered the track a little bit and it makes the racing a little bit more like it was back in the day, you know, before they right. repaved the track, you know, back when, uh, Earnhardt so rattled Labonte's cage. You know, this, there was a day and that, I mean, we're not talking, it's a tight, uh, ticket allotment. You're talking a hundred thousand plus, right? Yeah. You are looking at you couldn't get a ticket of that thing 15, 20 years ago. Could not get a ticket. You were on a list to get in, a waiting list to get your tickets. And now you could walk up and get the best seat in the at the track two minutes before the race probably. Uh, so the Mannings double their week one audience. Here's some other NFL rank, rank, rank ratings numbers. Easy for me to say. CBS scores their most watched September doubleheader since 2014. Fox, the most watched week two single header since 2016. This is all from Sunday. And then NBC had the most watched week two Sunday night football game since 2018. Why do you think all this is, Philip? I'm going to see if you're paying attention. I think you're hearing less political stuff out of the there NFL. I mean, my there grandma watched the Panthers. She's like, man, I don't know oh. anybody right now. But it's because she wasn't watching it the last couple of years because all the political stuff. 
You get an ovation. You're on top of it there. Nicely done. Nicely done. That that's exactly they've gone they've gotten away from it. And the audience will come back and watch because we love football. All right, uh, Mike Houston in the Houston Huddle is coming up. We'll uh, go ahead and grab a break so we can get that on. We'll bring that to you. It's for Healthwise Pharmacy here in Greenville. Uh, the Houston Huddle with Mike Houston as he joins us each Tuesday exclusively here on 94.3 The Game next. It's time to check in with ECU head football coach Mike Houston. Hey, let's dominate today. As he prepares our Pirates for another big matchup, it's the Houston Huddle. Brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy. Now, here's Patrick Johnson. Coming up, the Pirates in Charleston Southern. And Mike Houston uh, joining us uh, here. It is uh, a victory week uh, last week for the Pirates. And now uh, Charleston Southern come to town. Uh, always great to catch up with, with Coach Houston. Even better to do so after uh, a huge victory against Marshall on the road. Coach, congratulations to you and especially to this team. Thanks a lot. It's it was certainly a, uh, a wild, exciting night, and uh, it was quite the celebration in the locker room and a, a great plane, plane ride home. So, uh, you know, what a, what a gutsy performance by our kids. Mike, uh, what was different after halftime? Because by and large, Pirates and Thundering Herd kind of went toe-to-toe in the first half. Then the third quarter sort of turned their way. So I want to find out a little bit about what maybe you, you felt like you guys – did a little differently or they did a little differently in the third before we talk about the fourth? Well, I mean, we were, we were very aggressive at the end of the second quarter, you know, going forward on fourth down a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, and in, in going forward on fourth down inside a field goal range, just cause I, I felt like we really needed to get a touchdown there before the half. We were able to do that uh, and, you know, cut it to three. And, and cause I knew we were getting the ball coming out of halftime. You know, we deferred the, we deferred the coin toss to start the game. So, um, you know, just I knew it was going to be, uh, you know, one of those one of those kind of games that that quarterback is just too talented and they have too much skill on offense. I knew that they it was going to be one where you're going to have to score. Um, you know, so we took the took the opening kick in the second half, drove it down, had a fourth and short, uh, you know, inside of you know probably the 45 yard line, probably the 40 yard line or so. Uh, really thought we'd be able to get it right there. Didn't get it. Um, you know, they went back down and scored, and it just that's kind of how the third quarter went, you know, uh, you know, trying to get some rhythm going offensively, and we just had a couple of drives that weren't very good. You know, didn't get that fourth down yeah. uh, right there, and then, and then had a couple where we went three and out. Um, and so it's just, you know, it's, it's one of those things you got to work through, and it's, you know, every ball game has its ebbs and flows, and we talk about momentum so much, and when you got the momentum with you, you got to ride the wave now, but you know when the momentum is going against you, that's when you really got to stick together and really fight and just you know one play at a time and just really you know try to stick to uh, you know your training. Uh, and I felt like that's that's kind of what we had to do through that first, third quarter. We saw a lot of adversity. You, you know, it's interesting too. Mike Houston uh, joining us uh, here as we talk uh, Pirate football. ECU coming off their first win of the year. You know, I heard you talk about after the game and then I think in the aftermath, uh, perhaps even on your radio show on Monday, uh, about the conditioning. And so I went back and, and looked at some of that fourth quarter this morning, and boy, you really could tell the Pirates look like the more energetic and fresher team in the fourth quarter. Well, I mean, we, we've been in two fourth quarter wars. You know, we've been in two tough ball games to start the season. I mean, that's, 
that's the advantage of playing a very challenging schedule to start the year is that our guys were prepared for that fourth quarter. Um, you know, Marshall had, had had to, you know, blow out wins where, you know, their guys have been sitting on the bench by the time we got to the fourth quarter. So I do feel like our guys were one more prepared for that situation. <clears throat> and two, just, you know, we, we, we've been there. We, we've, we've learned from our mistakes and, and, you know, I just really, I like the look in our eye. I like the way our kids were demeanor-wise in the huddle and on the sideline. You know, I just felt like, you know, it was, it was just, it was the way you want it to be as far as determination, focus, positive energy. Um, you know, and you're down 17, you're looking in their eyes, and they're, you ain't having to talk to them. You know, they're talking to each other. Hey, hey let's go. we got to get this one right here. You know, it's, that, that, that mentality was really evident in the fourth quarter Saturday night. You uh, had some pretty good comments about the critics of Holt Naylor's. Let's face it, he's taken a lot of arrows. Uh, and I understand he was as vocal as anybody trying to keep everybody up, even, you know, there in the fourth quarter when when things could have turned. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, when I told him this when I got here, uh, you know, when I was hired is, you know, if you're the quarterback or you're the head coach, you know, you're going to you're gonna get a lot of the credit when things go well, and you're going to get a majority of the blame when things don't go well. Just because you're, you know, as the quarterback, you're the one that touches the ball every snap. And so if you're not playing well offensively, you're the one that gets the blame. Fair or not fair, that's, that's just the way it is. Um, and, yeah, he, he did not play his best game against South Carolina, but certainly he wasn't the only reason that the, the game didn't go our way. But, you know, I just think sometimes – Sometimes people can go to extremes. You know, it's one thing to be critical. It's another to just go off the deep end. Right, and, yeah. uh, you know, some of, that, some, of that, some of that stuff got a little extreme. And I just, you know, people don't realize the detrimental effect it can have on a, a 20, 21-year-old uh, young man, kid, whatever you want to call him. So um, I thought it was important last week that I support him because I've been, I've been in these situations a lot. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm the one that watches the film every day. I'm the one that watches practice every day. So I'm – I feel like I'm pretty qualified to make decisions on who who gives us the best chance to do what and who deserves to be out there doing what. Um, and, you know, I thought Holton did a great job of responding, uh, you know, throughout the game, and especially in the fourth quarter. I, I, I forget what his stats were in the fourth quarter, but like 12 of 16 for like 180 yards or something. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. he, he, he ran for a touchdown, he caught a touchdown, and he threw a touchdown. So, I mean, something like that is something crazy. But, you know – and in his leadership, you know, his leadership on the sidelines, his leadership in the huddle, you know, we got the onside kick there at midfield. I mean, he's immediately, he and I talking, I was like, listen, hey, 225 to go, we got three timeouts because we both knew we were going to score. I mean, right. you, you knew it. And, uh, and you know, he, but he just, he had that just positive, you know, just demeanor the whole night. And, uh, you know, he is a big reason we won that ball game. Coach, uh, it, it seemed like, too, in the last seven and a half minutes in particular, he was a lot more decisive in, in where he was going with the football and thus got rid of it quicker. Uh, because up until that point, Marshall had really uh, caused him, I think, to to maybe uh, be a little uncomfortable back there. Well, I mean, they had gotten some pressure, uh, you know, on him throughout the night. Um, you know, that's one thing we were continuing to work on, and they're – you know, they've done a good job this year in, in all their contests of getting pressure on the quarterback. Um, but, uh, you know, we've got to continue to work on protecting him because when we give him time, 
uh, you know, he does a good job with the football. But I thought he was fairly decisive with his decision making, you know, throughout the game. Even when he was getting pressured, okay. he did a good job of not forcing things, not turning the ball over. You know, he had one instance where he put the ball in jeopardy when he uh, pulled it down to take off and run. He just needs to secure the ball quicker, uh, which we talked about uh, yester- yesterday, or excuse me, uh, Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I thought he did a pretty good job taking care of the football, you know, most of the night. But, yeah, he, he was very decisive in the fourth quarter. And, and the big thing for me is seeing how many guys stepped up around him and made the catches, made the plays that we had not made the first two weeks. We've talked so many times about uh, Omotosho. Uh, and and there's somebody who had a really nice game on uh Saturday night, particularly in the fourth quarter. I think maybe four yeah. of his five catches came in the fourth quarter. I, I just, I kind of felt good for him, Audio Amatosho, because, you know, he, we oh, talked no about him a lot and he, he stepped up. Hey, he, had, he had two more plays, not on the stat sheet. You know, he drew a pass interference call yeah. in the end zone, mm-hmm. which gave us a fresh set of downs. I mean, it was only first down, but still gives us a fresh set of downs. But he also had the touchdown pass that got called back on an offensive interference call that was just a poor call. I mean, it, he made a great play on the ball, did a great job with the uh, defender, um, should have stood. Now, we scored later on that drive, but um, still, I mean, he had five catches for 70 yards and big catches at certain points in, there in, the, in that fourth quarter. So I think, you know, he had his best week of practice last week. I talked to him about that on Friday. Um, you know, he was a he was a, a game captain for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he came out and just played very, very well. So I think he just – you know, he put everything together last week, and you know, you're hoping he follows that up with a solid performance this week. Yeah, that that's the that's the part of it is is uh, the consistency. It was it's nice to yep. see some guys who had uh, maybe had some trouble holding on to the football at times or making catches uh, come through against Marshall. Uh, but before we kind of delve into some of those individual stats too, I, I wanted to make mention because you referenced late in the game, uh, Pirates do recover the onside kick, and uh, Owen Daffer. <laughs> gets in there and, and recovers it, the kicker. So that was a hell of a play in itself. Great, great execution. And, you know, it's, you know, it's a, a play that we've obviously worked all preseason. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a scheme I've used for, for, for many years, had not used it here at ECU yet. Um, but there's one thing to do it in practice. It's another to do it in a game with the adrenaline and, you know, the pressure. And, I mean, I mean that's the play of the game. Yeah. If he does not get that, we, we've got to get a stop and score. Uh, you know, him getting that basically won the game. So it's it's as, as big a play as any on the night and uh, just a great job with execution by him. It's a perfect kick. Did a good job with being patient. Uh, and, you know, Marshall flinched. We didn't. Uh, Coach, uh, defensively and uh... – a couple things. Well, first, let's start with the Miles Berry. I, you know, I saw the tweet Wednesday, Thursday, uh, referencing you know a loss, and and you kind of hear and then put it together that it was his, his father, unfortunately, dying due to COVID uh, in the Greensboro area last week. I thought it was really cool. You guys gave him the game ball after the game, um, and and of course, Facetime with his mom, which you talked about, which uh, I'm sure lifted her spirits. Uh, certainly one thing for him to go out there and play, but, but how's the young man doing right now? You know, he's got a few days separated from that and, and is through the football game now. Well, he's handled it very well. I mean, probably better than any, anybody could imagine. 
Uh, you know, it was one of those that's been, you know, probably a month and a half deal uh, and that, that took a real steady downturn the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. we, we knew we knew going into, uh, you know, going into the week uh, after the South Carolina game that, uh, you know, things didn't look good. And so uh, staff-wise, we had kind of prepared for it. And I think Miles, uh, his mom had kind of prepared him for it. And you know, he and I had some pretty in-depth dialogue and just, you know, sat down just, just talking. Um, I just, I was really just uh, impressed with just the, the way he kind of handled everything. He and his dad, you know, had some talks, uh, you know, some real life talks and, uh, you know, before things got, uh, you know, really bad. And uh, so he, he knew what his dad wanted him to do. And uh, uh, he's, you know, it's, we all know it's, it's, he's handling it real well right now. It's going to be the next several months. And that's why right. it's going to be so important that we all, we all support him. And, uh, you know, it, this, I mean, he, he was adamant. Uh, he was adamant last Thursday, you know, it happened Wednesday night about two twenty AM. And, uh, you know, he was adamant, you know, Thursday that just, you know, I want to, I want to be with the team this weekend. My dad wanted me to play. Um, you know, I want to be with, you know, he feels like this is his family and that's what we try to, you know, make it, you know, we try to create that atmosphere and that feeling. And, you know, just, I thought it was, you know, just a, a special time as far as the way his teammates and his coaches and everyone supported him, but also just uh, a tough time that a young man, a young man and his mom are going through right now. And and left an imprint on the game, not only just out there, which is, is courageous in itself, but also, uh, was was in on some some tackles and and had some great uh, efforts uh, out there playing. Your leading tackler, Jira Wilson. Um, you know, we we were talking to C.J. Wilson a few months ago, and uh, they're cousins, of course. So the DNA is, is there. But Jira Wilson just continues to be uh, at times all over the field for this defense. Well, Jira's you know Jira's a veteran guy even though he's still got, you know, a couple of years left, but right. He's played a lot of, he's played a lot of ball for us since I got here. Um, got really good length, good athlete, smart kid. He wants to be great. And so he really works at it. And so, uh, you know, he's a guy that has a good feel for everything we do and, uh, you know, plays really hard. Uh, you know, I thought he and Tegan did a great job, uh, in our Sam position the other night, made a lot of big plays. And then, uh, we mentioned a couple of uh, individual uh, performances offensively. Keaton Mitchell, the long run, put him well over 100 yards. Uh, but Shane Calhoun, uh, the tight end position, uh, was that within the game plan? You felt like you could exploit that and, and get him a lot of opportunities? And is that something that you think you could continue doing, utilizing that position, Calhoun or, or someone else? Well, you know, Shane, we thought going into the year that that's the kind of player he was going to be. And- yeah. You know, he got ding- he got dinged up late in preseason camp, and to be honest, this last week was the first week he's really been healthy. Uh, he's played, but uh, he's finally full speed. Uh, and you know, just as the game went on, the matchups, just the way Marshall was trying to defend us uh, across the board, the matchups, uh, you know, really, you know, when they're when they're trying to play him man with a guy that's you know size wise, you know, he's got a pretty big advantage. He's a good athlete. Um, it just it gave us a lot of throws in the passing game. Uh, no different than the first series of the game when they were, you know, trying to play, you know, Tyler Mann in the slot. And, uh, and, and you saw how that turned out. So it's just, 
matchup deal. Uh, I think it's something we can take advantage of, but I think you got you got to see how people are trying to defend you week in and week out, uh, and you know trying to take advantage of uh, you know the things that you have strength wise, and and I think certainly Shane uh, showed everyone uh, you know just you know what he can do. Tyler Sneed, uh, receiver slash quarterback, two out of three now in the year, throwing the ball, a couple touchdowns. It should have been, should have been three for three. Should, should it be three sh- for it three. It should be. It should the be. Th- the, throw, the, throw, the throw was a good throw. We got to run a little bit better route right there. But uh, well, What that, I guess, adds, uh, you know, not, not just his ability to throw the ball, but, you know, there are some different things you could do with him now, I have to imagine, um, you know, where, where you maybe look to set that up or, or he gets the ball in a different – in other words, th- there's other, I, I'm sure, plays that can spring from that, that package you put in with him throwing the football that, that are going to keep defenses uh, on their toes for the opposition. Well, we have a lot of packages with him in a lot of places. So he's just – he's a good player, a good athlete. And, you know, he's one of those guys that it's just – he's got the it factor, you know. Uh He's he's just got that knack. Uh, he's a really competitive guy, really smart guy, really good athlete. But he's got that knack for, you know, when he's around the ball, you know, some pretty some pretty good things are going to happen. Coach, as far as uh, C.J. Johnson goes, we we talk about him frequently with you. Uh, you know, he had some catches in the game, but a lot of things that fans will ask me is, what, what do you think? When do you think C.J. will get going? So I'm going to ask you, uh, as far as a breakout opportunity, I mean, when will we see C.J. maybe get going, and, and how's that? you know, that progress going for him? Well, I think he's got to do it. I mean, we targeted him 10 times mm-hmm. the other night, which is the most of any player. Uh, so we're certainly trying to get him the ball. Um, you know, he drew a, he drew an interference call, which, you know, he's doing a good job with that. And I thought, I thought he played hard. Um, you know, he had the one fumble. He's got to do a better job taking care of the ball. Uh, had, the, had the drop there on third down that would have been a first down. Got to make that catch. Um, so it's just, with him, it's just consistency right now. And, uh, you know, the big thing I'm stressing to him is, you know, how you practice is how you're going to play. Uh, you know, he is going to get a lot of attention. That's part of it. You know, he's going to draw their best corner every week. So it's not like people don't know who he is and he can just run around out there. Now, what happened the other night was if you're going to, if you're going to pay so much attention to him, you had some other guys finally step up and make plays. And that's what's got to happen. Um, you know, but he's, you know, he's having a great attitude. Uh, you know, we're trying to get him you know, move him around and get him the ball. Um, it's going to come together. We just got to let it happen. Uh, you know, we got to let it happen without forcing it, but uh, we are, we are making efforts. Coach, uh, FCS opponent this week at Charleston Southern, but what will you be looking for uh, out of your program coming off a win to build on it? Well, I think that's just it. You know, we got to build on it. We got to get better. You know, there's a ton of things I've got you know, sitting making notes right as we got on this call of, you know, for our staff meeting of the, the things from film from the weekend that we got to make sure that we are emphasizing in practice today. And it's it's all about our process. And our process is about improvement every single day. It's the way you practice is the way you're going to play. And you got to have the right mentality at practice. you got to have the right work ethic. Uh, you got the right focus. Um, you know, you don't have time for just, you know, distractions or just, you know, stuff. You, know, you just you don't have time for that. You gotta you gotta make sure that you make the most of every opportunity and every day. You know, it's you either get better or you get worse. And our goal is to get better every day. Coach, last thing I want to leave you with here. Uh, this was really cool yesterday. A lot of players went over to the children's hospital 
uh, and did some uh, some sidewalk art with with them on on a really uh, nice late summer day. Uh, that was just a, a cool thing. I just if wanted to make mention of that. If you wanted to to comment on it, please do. But I, I just thought that was yeah. That's really what this program, in a lot of ways, is all about. Well, you know, community service and, and engaging with the surrounding area has been a big piece of our program since I got here. And, you know, the pandemic put a, you know, a damper on that for a year and a half. So we're just now get, able to get back to it. I think we did a, a thousand hours of community service uh, my first year here and, and something that the kids, I mean, they've asked about it. You know, they, they, they were adamant. They want to get back involved with children's hospital, the local school system. You know, we want to make sure we're doing it in a safe manner uh, with, you know, the virus still, yeah. uh, you know, within our community. So, but, uh, you know, something as, as we as we make our way out of this pandemic, it's something that the community can expect to see uh, a lot more. And that's just our, our guys being visible and being engaging uh, with everyone, the youth and the, the community in general. It's something we feel strongly about. You know, uh, we follow it day in and day out. We get caught up with the minutia. But it's interesting when, when you have kids, particularly kids that are, you know, fighting uh, in a hospital and they see these football players. I mean, just to watch their faces is, is unbelievable. Uh, it's, well, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's no different than my two who are, um, you know, thank God, you're perfectly healthy. But, uh, you know, they get around the players and they light up. You yeah. know, they look up to yeah. they look up to these guys, you know, like, like they're professional athletes. And it's, you know, so you can imagine someone that's is going through a tough time and, and struggling. And, you know, it, it breaks everyone's heart to see a child in a hospital. And that's why the Children's Hospital is the, the one, uh, you know, place charity that that our players are so adamant about wanting to be involved with uh, i think it says a lot about the character of our young men hey coach thanks a lot for the time as always and uh looking forward to the weekend uh, again congratulations on the win best of luck this week okay thanks a lot thanks for having me on see you next week absolutely uh you know look nobody wants to win worse than uh mike houston but that's really in a lot of ways what the pirate program is all about uh what they did yesterday. That was, uh, that was pretty cool stuff. Uh, and, uh, really, you know, just brought a big smile to those kids faces. It was really cool to see, uh, the, uh, Houston huddle brought to you by Healthwise pharmacy on Memorial drive. They put your health first locally owned and operated by pharmacist Marcy Parker, Healthwise pharmacy. All right. Uh, break when we come back. Uh, we'll do uh, an update here with the ref, Philip Pilkington. Lots to tell you about. I guess some guys have hit the transfer portal. So Philip uh, will fill you in on those deets, uh, plus uh, the verdict on Tyrod Taylor for the Texans as the quarterback against the Panthers on Thursday. All of that on the other side. Patrick Johnson Show continues on for this. Philip Pilkington here with your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. Starting in college football, Vanderbilt loses rusher. Jaman Davis to a season-ending toe injury. Utah quarterback Charlie Brewer leaves the team after three starts. Backup Cam Rising listed as the new starter. Kansas starting running back Velton Gardner enters the transfer portal due to a lack of playing time early this season. Clemson Tigers lose defensive tackle Tyler Davis to a bicep injury. And running back De- 
Lynn J. Dixon to the transfer portal. Michigan, Western Michigan head football coach Tim Lester has tested positive for COVID-19, and the American Athletic Conference Commissioner Mike Arsko extended through 2025. In college basketball class of 2022, number two recruit Derek Lively has committed to Duke. ECU Women's Golf won the Pirate Collegiate Classic at Greenville Country Club with a score of 19 over par. Today, Mike Houston talked about the great game played by Pirate wide receiver Adi Amatosho on Saturday when he caught five balls for 70 yards. Well, I think we're all excited for him just because we've all seen all the work that he's put in. We watch him every day. Uh, I thought he had his best week of practice last week. You know, he and I talked about it on Friday. He was a game captain for the game. Uh, and I thought he, he went out and played his best game probably, probably since he's been here. On to the NFL, the Texans have announced that they will start rookie Davis Mills against the Panthers on Thursday. Colts coach Frank Reich confirms that Carson Wentz has sprained both of his ankles in Sunday's loss to the Rams. The league has announced that they will start hosting a combine in London to scout international talent. In the NBA, Ben Simmons says that he will not return to the 76ers. There are also a couple notable retirements. The 15-year career of J.J. Redick has come to an end. The Duke grad mostly known for playing with the Magic and Clippers also spent time with the Bucks, 76ers, Pelicans, and Mavericks. Also retiring, longtime New Jersey Devils Travis, Travis Zajac. The center played all but 13 of his career games in New Jersey. He signed a one-day contract with the team so he could retire a Devil after finishing last season as an Islander. On to English soccer, the Caribou Cup third round, Man City and Liverpool advance while Everton falls to QPR and PKs. That'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports update. After this, the P-Man has your pirate report. Now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. ECU coming up this uh, weekend, taking on Charleston Southern. I was talking to a guy from the upstate of South Carolina today, and I just, I, I like that kind of South Carolina Southern gentleman, like they've, you know, suck down a half a pack of lung darts, maybe drink a little bourbon. I kind of like that accent. I don't think I want that accent, but I, I, I think I like that accent. We've got a, a, a neighbor who's kind of from Charleston, and I've heard him talk a couple times. I really have just not interacted with him very much because you know how I am, Philip. If I could avoid anybody, I do. But I, I, I thought he was uh, – I could pick up – and I didn't like it, but that upstate South Carolina accent I kind of like. All right, uh, 3 o'clock will be our uh, coverage on uh, uh, for you for uh, Pirate Game Day Countdown, fueled by Bush Light coming up on a Saturday. 3 to 5, we'll be outside the Town Bank Tower, yield to the network at 5, and then the game at 6 o'clock here on 94.3, the game, and 107.9 WNCT. Uh, let, let's go ahead and skip down to the uh, DJ Ford cut. You want to do that? Uh, this is DJ Ford today talking about picking uh, or getting having the game-winning interception, the game-clinching interception. Uh, it was a great moment. Um, a lot of emotions all over the place. Um, felt extremely good for, you know what I'm saying, all the hard work that we put in to pay off and to uh, secure the W. So I was extremely excited that Jaquan stepped up and made a play there late in the game when we needed it. Uh, I really think he has made a difference at the secondary. He also talked about uh, the feeling uh, of winning and, and how that uh, kind of, you know, made him uh, 
Well, just getting his first win as a member of the Pirates. That's basically what he talked about here. Cup 13. Uh, it was everything I expected, you know. <laughs> uh, the guys were fired up. We, we had a lot of fun in that game, um, especially in the end, the win the way that we did. Like, that's the kind of moments that you dream of as a kid, you know, when you're six, seven years old, talking with your buddies, throwing the ball around the backyard. That's exactly what you talk about, you know. So it felt good to, to get the W. Ford also talked about how the offense and the defense Saturday at Marshall were feeding off one another. Oh, yeah. Um, we definitely fed off of each other. Um, I know whenever the offense was on the field, guys were standing up. There wasn't a whole lot of guys sitting down, you know what I'm saying, resting. Like, everyone's extremely into the game. Everyone's extremely involved. When the offense was coming off the field, we were, you know what I'm saying, shaking hands, dapping them up. Good job, great job. We're about to get you the ball back. Um, you know, we're going to win this game. Like, there was zero doubt on our sideline the entire game. All right, uh, that's DJ Ford. Here's Miles Berry. Of course, he was playing with a heavy heart. His dad dying uh, in the wee hours of, uh, uh, I think, Thursday morning, Wednesday morning, one of the two. Forget what Coach said there, but it was late in the week. His dad succumbed to COVID, and uh, Miles Berry decided to, to go out there and play. Uh, and what a gut. I mean, just he, he played well, but obviously just gutsy to be out there anyway. This was uh, Barry talking about uh, the last play and how special that was. We we were nervous, you know. Going, I was nervous going into that last minute. You know, I just knew that it was all going to come down on us. And when you know when Mac made that last interception, it was just it was a relief and it was a, it was a great play. And and I think that was the statement of kind of how my week has been and and just a statement win. And it was special. Uh, Coach Houston referenced giving Miles the game ball after the game. It was very special to me. You know, it was monumental. I didn't know he was going to do that, you know, so I was definitely surprised. But um, I just – special is really the word I keep using, you know, because, like I said, I was one of the toughest weeks of my life, you know, and just being able to get the win, get it with my teammates, and then be awarded that game ball, you know, for my dad and, you know, for the win was just, just great to me. The uh, maturity of this team, according to Miles um, Berry, helped them bounce back from a tough loss at against South Carolina. Uh, like you said, we are mature. You know, this is a very veteran team. We have some young guys that are playing very big, but at the end of the day, we have a lot of older guys also. And, um, you know, coming off that heartbreaker loss from South Carolina, we really, you know, we were just like, we know what we need to do. We know what we need to fix, and we're going to get it done. So that's kind of the how we're operating as a unit and as a team. It's just I uh, know we have to do and being focused and getting the job done. Um, this is uh, Miles Berry talking about how the team uh, supported him uh, and have been supporting him after the passing of his father. Definitely a lot of hugs, a lot of support, a lot of I love yous, you know, just – my teammates, uh, I had a lot of people that Thursday that I missed practice, I had a lot of teammates come by the house and uh, just come sit with me, laugh with me. And uh, that was that that meant the world to me, you know, because I was feeling feeling very alone. So when they came and, you know, it was that support for me that that helped me get through. So after I was awarded the game ball, they it was just a reciprocation of that, you know, and uh, it meant the world to me. Uh, all right, this is our uh, pirate report, and uh, this is uh, Miles Berry. He talks about what the win meant to him. I, I just think it, it was just a, a summary of, of the week, and it was just a, 
you know, just especially being down, you know, just being down going at the going into the half, being down 17, and then causing that shutout uh, on defense, and then the offense scoring, and then getting that victory. It was, it just, it was special, you know, and it it, it was a summary of just the whole day, the whole week, and everything that we've been going through. We we got some more cuts to get to, but let me just say this: uh, just st- him stepping out on the field. Uh, I mean, how how special and gutsy was that? Just just amazing, amazing stuff. Um, really cool that they gave him the game ball after the game. I, I just I couldn't think of a classier gesture. I thought it was really cool that they gave uh, his mom uh, a call on Facetime. I, I just the whole thing, and you know, it ended. And he and I mean. He could have gone out there and not played particularly well at all, and and just the fact he was out there uh, is what you know makes you uh, just really you know just really impresses you about the young man. That 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 was an impressive thing. Uh, that 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 kid is. If you have a favorite p- pirate player, uh, it, it should probably uh, it should probably be uh, Miles Berry. All right. Um, this is uh, Bird, the tight end. Let's uh, let's uh, hear from him here. Uh, let me find a particular cut. Uh, oh, this is an interesting one. Philip, cue this up. Cut ten, and he talked about how uh, the team never felt like the game got away from him. I mean, honestly, no, because like when I was on the sidelines, like when the defense was on the field, I was hyping them up, and when it came time for us to get on the field, we was already hyped. Like, we was hype on kickoff return and kickoff. Yeah. So, we ain't never let it slip away, honestly. Yeah, uh, and that's that's kind of the thing. Uh, you know, even when it was not a, a really great, um, you know, when it was not a real, uh, looking real good there in the fourth quarter, I don't know, just ECU kind of kept making plays, and we found out what they were all about, and uh, boy, did we. Uh, all right, uh, more from Bird here. Um, and, and let's get his perspective on the final touchdown. This is uh, cut 11. It felt good. Like, when we first got to the line, I was like, I was just saying to myself, we got to come off the ball hard. And that's what we did. And me and Justin Chase had a great block, as well as the rest of the O-line. Um, we were going to reserve a lot of these Mike Houston cuts for tomorrow. But, Philip, do we have time to get the first cut in, cut one from him? Because, uh, you know, I, I think the rest of this we can hold to tomorrow since we just talked to Coach. But I, I would love to hear what he talked about at the beginning. So are we good to – we have time to do that? Yeah, barely. Gonna, all right. All right, well, let's do it real quick. Cut one here, Coach Houston, today at the press conference. Good to come back off of a really uh, impressive showing by our kids, a big road win for our program. You know, I, I know everybody is, a, you know, just uh, – you know, the best feeling in the world Saturday night is a great, uh, great scene in our locker room and just an incredible time with the, with the players after the game and, you know, it made for a, a really enjoyable plane ride home. So, you know, the food tastes better today. The, the sun is brighter and, you know, the air is a little more fresh and, you know, so it's uh, winning, winning helps a lot of things. So uh, excited to get, uh, get a big road win over a very, very good opponent uh, and a very challenging uh, atmosphere and situation, uh, so uh, should be a should be a win we can build on. And looking forward to being back at home this weekend uh, in front of a home crowd in Daddy Ficklin Stadium, expecting a large crowd, and uh, excited about the matchup with Charleston Southern. 